0: Lord, this, we just want to take a moment and, and, and a moment of uh, soberness, just lift up the, the, the war in Ukraine and what's going on there, Lord. And, and Lord, we know that you, you uh, told us this, that there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. And, and Lord, uh, it doesn't make it easier. Um, it, it makes our heart break for those who are, who are being... Um, Plundered and and shot at Lord and and destroyed and we we were heartbreaks for those who are leaving this world without the knowledge of you and without the being saved and so Lord we just ask that you would move we ask for a a radical end to this um, that people can only look and see that it was uh, definitely a move of a holy God and so Lord we just uh, thank you that we have a hope because this world is so broken. Thank you that you have lifted our eyes uh, above this world and to understand that there is hope for all. And thank you for that. So as we study your word, we pray that we would be encouraged and that we would be strengthened by you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so we kind of briefly ended uh, 20 last week, but I just want to I just want to, um, in Mark 6, 7 through 13, I just want to say, what. lastly, what was it that he left his disciples? And, and we're going to talk about this just a little bit more. Um, so it's, it's really in the very first verse of, of that section. So verse 7, someone read just verse 7, please.
1: Calling the twelve to him, he sent them out two by two
0: and gave them authority over evil spirits. Okay. So they gave him authority. And I just want to tap on that, and then we'll get to Mark 6, because we talked about John the Baptist last week. Um, but I, I want us to, to realize that, that the authority that Jesus gives us, um, he sealed at the day of Pentecost. Uh, we, we have the authority, so we don't run around in fear of what can be done to us. Now, often we find ourselves being fearful, and often our flesh feels that. But the authority that we have, again, is not our own authority. It's authority that God has given to us. And, and so the, the hope is that we would access that um, as the Holy Spirit leads and guides us uh, and walk in that. And so I just want us to think about that as we just walk in this life, that we have been given authority um, by God in the, through the Holy Spirit. And so that we would just take a moment and, and allow the Holy Spirit to, to just confirm that in our hearts. So now let's look to, to Mark 6, um, 30 through 34. We talked briefly about some of this last week, but I'm going to cover it some more. Someone read 630 through 34 when you get there, please.
2: The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of him. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things.
0: Great. So again, we we briefly looked at this last week. The disciples come back. They're all excited about everything that they have done, and so really, this little blip about John the Baptist is something that that Mark kind of inserted uh, in because if you just if you remove that section, the flow is much better. <laughs> they came back and they he gave he sent them, and then they came back. Um, and so, what is one of the challenges that we have in this life that keeps us? from resting after we have worked. There's always more to do. Okay.
2: The housewife's work is never done. Uh okay.
0: Bad. There's always more to do?
2: Yes. That's for the obsessive compulsive
3: folks.
0: Yeah. Some of it is culturally um i'm gonna pick on the guy who just walked in uh but you know uh, being uh in other countries especially spain's where you're from right kind of matt yes um their view of work life balance is much different than ours in the united states um and so why do you think um how does the, the idea of work in the United States, in, a, in our West, Western American culture, uh, challenge us to really be people who, bless you, get away and rest?
4: It's our identity. Okay. The significance of who you are, you know, if you're not... Um, well, we have a grading system. It's almost a, um, a, a leveled a level grading system. You've got your politicians, you've got your doctors, lawyers, attorneys you got your, down the lower end, you got your railroaders and your truckers and stuff, and we tend to judge and respect on a, of what you do and who you are.
0: Okay. So the Industrial Revolution, let's, it has radically impacted, what's the, what was the, the great thing about the Industrial Revolution? What It was product. Right? Assembly lines and, and how much product can you where
2: are
0: you gonna say it? Uh I know. You'll have to just fake it until you make it. You can look online a little bit. Oh, they have an extra one. Oh look. They're coming out. Oh, everyone's been holding back. So many. No there right now. So again, and then we, we live in a in a in a society that is that is production oriented, right? I mean at the end of the day uh, we're, we look back and go, "What did I accomplish today? Did I get all my tasks accomplished? We celebrate those employees who are more productive than others. Um, we look at sales uh, and how much how can we increase our sales, even in the church. We, we go, okay, are we doing enough to get new people here? Um, and so when we get together as pastors, the first thing that's asked, how, you know, how many people are coming to your church? It's like, you know, and you hate that because it's really all of us know or should know I'm, as pastors that that's really not what it's about. I mean, yes, there are people in your community without Jesus who need to know Jesus. And that is our, our commission. But our job is to really, how do we help us be equipped to do the work of the ministry? And so we find in our society, um, very, it's very difficult to rest. But some of you in here um, have have found... Uh, very good ways to rest. Is there any practice you would like to share that you have put in your life that you say, Hey, this is what I've done. So a pastor, and as you guys think about that, a pastor in, in Idaho falls, he and his wife tell everybody on Saturday, unless it's a huge emergency, they're pretty much unavailable. Um, and they just, then they really hold to that, um, you know, Sabbath rest. Uh, and so, uh, for him, it works. Of course, he did just have triple bypass surgery six weeks ago, but <laughs> emergency. <laughs> um, but, but again, many of us have found ourselves, maybe some of you have found yourself extremely tired and realized that you had to rest. Um, so, what are some ways you, you all have found that good practices for resting?
3: Connie? Um, what I do is television is so bad anymore, right? So what I do is from 5 to 7 is I have dinner and then I read the Bible or I'm reading a book now. It's just something that sort of makes me feel good.
0: Yeah. It's a pause in the day mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. without all the noise. Good. Mm-hmm. That's a great practical example. So mm-hmm. uh, anyone else? You're out. We can't top that. i no, just kidding. Go <laughs> fishing. Okay. No, well, no, I mean, sometimes getting out to a, to a desolate place and go fishing is, uh, is valuable. Yeah, for go sure. For go for a walk. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, that we all have those practices for, for me. One of the things is that in the mornings I like my mornings by myself and I, I listen to God's word as I'm doing normal stuff, I'm getting breakfast ready, but I don't have the news going. <laughs> and and for me it just reminds me, wait, okay, God's word is 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 what's important and I can hear it and, and get ideas. And then Laura and I try to have one day that we don't come that I don't come to the church during the week. And so like we knew we were going to be here yesterday, so Friday we we said, well, we can get children's stuff done on Saturday um and that seems to be helpful um now that she has Fridays off it's actually forced me to because I can always come and do something for a few minutes I mean it it, because it's not like I'm going to spend a whole day here on that day but just to to say wait I need to say there's a day where you're actually not doing your normal routine and um, because I like it here just so you guys know so so the crowd of people, they, they found them. And we see in, in verse 34, And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. How does this view of Christ help us see those around us and understand God's heart?
3: Well that's all it kind of describes all of us are doesn't it? mm Sheep in need of a
0: shepherd. Yeah. The good shepherd. Yeah. Do we look at others that aren't believers in the community? Do we look at do we look at them this way? Do we have compassion and go, man, they're just sheep without a shepherd?
3: Wow. Well, um I don't know what you do about
0: it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Uh, I mean, let be honest with you. I mean, when I, when I when I see some people, I I'm very judgmental. Um, and then sometimes when I see youth who are just aimless, then I have compassion. It's like, oh man, you know, they're <laughs> they're just floundering. I should look at adults that way a little bit too, I suppose, Steve. Yeah, just thinking,
4: you know, in the, in the text over it says they. They came and they were actually engaged in following Jesus over there. They see him leading and they, they, they follow him. And, and so the people are actually coming in our society and our enlightened society where we have soccer games on Saturday and all the parks are full over there. It doesn't seem to me that we have the same urgency of seeking after a, a spiritual relationship with a higher power. It seems to me that our agendas, our priorities uh, have been pretty well uh, uh, not neutralized, but uh,
0: dull. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that, that, that dull is a good word. I mean, Jesus came and disrupted the dullness of their life. They were in a routine, these people were. They were in routine. They just had succumbed to, well, this is how things are. The religious, religious leaders control everything. We're under Roman occupation. And we'll just do go about our business and do what we can. Um, and Jesus interrupted that. Uh, in a way that, that surprised many of them. Now, of course, we know that one of the many reasons Jesus was following them was signs and wonders, number one. I mean, he was performing these signs and wonders that were ascribed to the Messiah, the one who was going to come back and establish reign. So there's this hope that he's this one. Uh, number two, he was healing people. Uh, he was doing something that the religious leaders were unable to do. And number three, he was providing meals for people. And so, um, and we'll see, uh, if we ever get, if we get to John six, which we won't in this study, but we see when he says, he kind of defines, Hey, you guys are following me because I'm giving you happy meals, right? I'm giving you free meals, but you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they're like, Hmm. See ya here. We
2: so frequently, uh, <laughs> certainly in Mark, you know, there's this mention that he went ashore, saw the crowd, had mm-hmm. compassion. And then he began to teach them. What was he teaching them? Is it like going back to Matthew and the Sermon on the yeah. Mount sort of thing?
0: Yeah, we would see parables. We would see Sermon on the Mount. We would see, um, uh, you, you know, again, Luke said, or no, John, one of them, said that if we were to record everything that Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough paper in the world, basically, to, to write it. And so, um, uh, And so we look at the fact that he... The, when we what we do have recorded of what he taught would be what we would the highlights of his sermons. So I would agree with, with you there, Harold. You know, what did he we teach? Well, he taught what we know he taught, um, and everything that he taught outside of that would confirm what he taught, right? I mean, it wouldn't yeah, be it wouldn't yeah, be too I mean, far I mean, outside. Yeah,
2: it's, it's just mentioned a lot of times, and he yeah. was teaching them, and, and if, then, you know, yeah. and, and he went to the synagogue and taught. Right. Right. Okay, same thing.
0: Yeah. Well, if you look at Luke, um, Luke has this, this uh, um, Sermon on the Plain where he calls his immediate disciples. And it sounds very similar to the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and, and so consistency-wise, we know that this was his message. This is how things work in the kingdom. Repent, the kingdom of God is hand. This is what it is to be like in the kingdom. Connie? I was just sitting here thinking, if
3: we could heal people... And do all the miracles that Jesus did, we'd probably have a lot better luck having followers. I mean, think about it. Yeah. People were swarming to him, yeah, because he could do all these things, and he taught the people. But since everyone knows now, even if you're an atheist, you know that you know you know something about religion.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that. Um, We have explained away a lot of miracles through um, scientific reasoning. And so I I, I don't think uh, Jesus told his disciples, it's good for me to go away because you guys will do more than I was able to do. And his point is, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and every believer is going to have the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to be able to be in more places at one time, basically, because when he was physically bound to one location he wasn't able to be everywhere, but through his, through his church, he can be. And so I think that, that there are, um, uh, there are many in, in, in our context, we, we look at medical science as the answer instead of saying, well, God gave a, gave them the ability and it's still God who has healed them. Uh, I look at, uh, uh, so we'll pick on Richie, uh, Terry's brother, who three weeks ago they were saying we need to find hospice care for him, and now he's taken such a turn that they're trying to figure out how to get him home because he and and so because he can live on his own again. So <clears throat> we can look well, he got good care, he got this, but at the same time, it's like that's God moving and answering prayers that that no one could before, um, you we've, you know, we have these, these other moments that, uh, you know, we prayed for Mike and he had a little bit of a surgery to, and worried about being cancerous, nothing. It's clear you, you, you know, it. that that's a miracle uh, Meg's back surgery. She shouldn't be walking around as well as she does. And, and she's doing <laughs> great, you, you know? So, I mean, I think that, that, that a lot of times we say, yeah, that's great medical care, but we wouldn't have the medical care if God had not given people the knowledge to do it.
3: Um, guiding you to the right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so I think miracles are still happening. It's just, they're not as, again, think of technology and medical science at this point in time. It was not quite as advanced as we are today. So it did seem seem extremely miraculous. Um, And it is still extremely miraculous today. And, um, there, God is still using people to heal. The challenge that we have uh, in our society and in the churches is a lot of these people who are self-proclaimed faith healers are getting all the glory instead of God getting the glory. And so, we, you know, we get suspect of, well, you know, and then you hear the reports of, well, they got healed, but then they really weren't healed and all these other things. And so we say, well, let's just, you know, not expect so much from because men have messed it up, but, um, other countries where God, God is healing people and people are receiving their sight, uh, back and, 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 you know, legs are healed. And, and again, this is, uh, places where I think, uh, God is able to work. Can I say it that way? (laughs) Because there's not as much... There's there's more dependence upon God to move. We we get pretty satisfied with our own ideas and our own abilities. Um, and then finally, I think most of us will go, Oh, okay, well, it's God. And so for us, right? We're trying to get first there. It's always about God. God, like I think I appreciate what you said. May God, where, where do I need to go for the doctor's care? Y- you know, um, do I need to get a second opinion? Uh, you know, so like... Uh, with, with, my, with my father, he, this was an elective surgery that he had. He didn't have to do it. Um, but there was a chance that he could. Well, three and a half weeks afterwards, you know, they're all doubting it. Well, maybe I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> and it's like, well, you, you know, <laughs> you, you don't know. and so, But you're still trusting in the Lord for those moments and those times, even the rough times, right? Steve?
4: I was going to say that it's, it's... We're pretty blessed uh, beyond measure in America, but I was just thinking, if you do any cursory things of uh, in yeah, Africa cursory. or, or oh, India, cursory. Pakistan, uh, uh, any uh, any global area, they when you look at medical supplies, Mexico, uh, we have friends or uh, missionaries down in Mexico and uh, whatnot. I mean, the poverty and there is no hope. It isn't like well, mm-hmm. if I get the money or whatever it is, uh, this is their last stance of faith because uh, no one's going to give them any uh, resources and they're not available they don't have the hospital or the surgeries so when they reach out and there is a miracle or God does answer it's it's pretty stark but uh, I was just thinking of the areas of a miracle we tend to it's almost a crippling effect of, of uh, shrinking what God can do but when you're in the third world over there I'm reading several books about different things in different countries and it's it's pretty um uh, stark the difference between global you know the third world global world where resources are so meager, the caste systems are there
0: yeah and and again, I, I think that God <clears throat> does not change, Amen. and so his heart you know again, there was a specific reason, Connie, to your point, that Jesus was doing all these healings um, specific and and some of it was to prove who he was so that people would, he would draw the attention. Some of it was to draw the attention so that he would get killed. I mean, that's something where I think we sometimes don't realize that a lot of the, the things that Jesus did was to create this the circumstance so that he could pay the price as an innocent person, uh, blameless, on the cross for everybody. And we see this certainly in Holy Week. He's just pushing the buttons of of the religious leaders it 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 had heightened to where they have they're they're, he's he's upping the ante so to speak Mm -hmm. and he's poking the bear um, and calling him out specifically um, because it was the right time and i think sometimes we think that um, well jesus came to show us the way and to pay the price absolutely but he also lived his life in a way that caused what happened to happen to him um, intentionally, Delaney, you act like you have
1: something to well, say. I've it. just been thinking about you know we talked about what what a miracle was back right. then and what it is today, it's been, but basically, what science and technology is is uh, is uh, 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 understanding the creation. Mm-hmm. Now, now, what he, what Jesus did in those days was unknown to man, Mm -hmm. it was still part of creation. Science and technology is just basically discovering creation. Mm -hmm. It was no different then, creation that is, was no different then than it is now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, you can impress people today by some great discovery. Uh, But it it was a lot easier back then for the general to impress somebody with a a miracle. Mm Uh, back then,
0: because we didn't know about creation like we know about creation today. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, uh, Jesus would know. Well, yeah. so <laughs> he might have an he, idea. <laughs> he, he was there when it was created. Yeah, yeah.
1: He would know the creation more than we need to know it today. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's a that's a good that's a good point. Is that you know, uh, the creation has not changed. No. You know, so it's not that all of a sudden, oh.
1: our, the creation has rules and mm-hmm. <clears throat> properties and all that. That's not changed, but we're discovering those things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so to, to heal somebody with, with, uh, COVID is probably not a big miracle today, but it, certainly healing someone with leprosy, which we can do today right? back then was a big thing. Yeah. was a miracle. Yeah.
0: Harold, you going to say something else?
2: I mean, this is a bit of a sidetrack, but along the same lines. I don't know, <coughs> Delane, do you think mathematics is part of um, creation? Mm-hmm. Well, I think I the mean, rules... Because mm-hmm. the rules apply everywhere, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that's part of creation. Yeah. Let's, so anyway, let's just let the doctors talk for a minute. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, think about it. Get rid of a couple of our basic physical <laughs> <laughs> rules and... Life would be chaos. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and, and just on that note, I mean, I I say it jokingly, but we have a wealth of, of, of information in Harold and Delane here with when it comes to certain things. So uh, it's fun to, to to hear. So thank you both of you for. I was, would love to talk about math a little. Not really, but <laughs> I'd love to listen to you talk uh, about math. Makes sense. <laughs> I could
3: find that. Yeah, no, physical, yeah think about it. the fiscal
2: laws. Get rid of you know. Gravity. Change gravity a little bit and mm. we're we're messed up. Mm-hmm. We're, we don't exist. Yeah, basically we <laughs> yeah. don't exist. Earth goes away, whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well. Everything's finally tuned. Finally tuned. Mm. Exactly.
4: You know, it's it, it, we tend to forget though in the old testament over there if you were Jewish and you uh, you had leprosy is the was saying, you called out, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, mm-hmm. you, you, you stated your thing, you were wearing a badge, your thing, and it is a miracle to be able to go to the priest and show yourself a place that, that you know, that, that you're, you've been cleansed, and I was just going to say that how often do we, I mean, we struggle right now, it's, you know, with the, I'm a sinner, I'm unclean before you, Lord, and, and I mean, we just struggle with that, but I was just, in our, uh, I don't know what they do in India, but I'm, I'm sure in this culture here, you know, when you're announcing your your status, that mm-hmm. cannot be a happy moment. Well,
0: and what's interesting is you, you, we tap on this idea of identity again. That was their identity. I'm a leper. I mean, that's what they're classified as. And then Jesus heals them, and now their identity's changed. Yeah. Y- you know, they don't negate the fact that they were that, but they're not anymore. And so that's a huge shift. The same. And it's a great parallel to us. We Yeah, you know, we were sinners, but now we've been saved. And so we're saints who still struggle with sin. So there's a big shift, right? Our identity is not is no longer a sinner. Our identity is a child of God, um, who still struggles with these the sin nature. So, let's uh, someone reads uh, Mark six thirty five through thirty seven, please.
1: By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them
0: something to eat. <laughs> so we're not going to finish this one today, but I think it's important for us to, get, to, 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 to just pause here for a minute. Yeah. Uh, so just, just looking at the facts, what is the dilemma that the disciples are facing?
3: <laughs> I'm trying to feed 5,000 people. Okay. But, you
4: know,
3: And it was late in the day.
4: Okay, And they have no resources. They are bare butt broke. Bear butt. <laughs> they do not have
2: it. They know they don't have it. <laughs> okay. well, I mean, I guess, I guess he could send them home, so to speak, but I mean, you know, uh, they ran to the place where Jesus where the, he and the disciples came to, so he could... Suppose they could run back, but, you know. (laughs) know, That's not the whole point of this at all, of course. It's a good point.
0: But we don't know how long it took them to run. I mean, if he was going across, even at the shortest stint across the Sea of Galilee would have been, you know, an hour and a half maybe. So, you know.
3: Well, imagine as looking out, it was 5,000 men. We're told that there were women Women and and children children also. But just that, basically just a sea of people and they're hungry. Mm-hmm. And they need to eat. And can you, I mean, the overwhelming feeling that the disciples must have had. Okay. How are we to provide for these people? They had
0: Well, I think we know the rest of the story, so we're kind of getting ahead a little bit um, because their initial dilemma is, "Hey, it's dinner time. Send the people away." Uh, you know, until Jesus says, "Well, you give them something to eat." They're not even thinking. It's not on their radar that, hey, we need to provide for them. It's just like, hey, it's getting late. Let's get rid of them. It's time to eat. I mean, and that sounds really crass, but that's the reality. I mean, when we get hangry, we're like, everyone go away. We're going to eat. And so, again, the disciples were told to get away to a desolate place because they didn't have time to eat. We see that that was disrupted. They really didn't get much time away and now here they are disrupted again with Jesus teaching and um, they're not having time to eat again. So there might be some degree of selfishness. I know none of us deal with that when, <laughs> we're, when we're when we're doing things, but there might be some degree of selfishness in, in what the, the disciples are saying. Because verse 36, send them away. <laughs> it's what they say. They say, Jesus, send them away so they can go into neighboring villages and buy themselves something to eat. Um,
3: to me, that's just, just what you would do. I mean, you know, how would you feed 5,000? I still think that's one of the miracles that I still can't believe, that you could ask them to feed 5,000.
1: Just, just pick it up and <laughs> push, push talk. Thanks Steve.
0: Yeah, and so I think that again, they're thinking very um,
3: they're
0: surface you know, this world
3: because right?
0: very practical, <laughs> right? They're like, hey, it's dinner time. What's that, Jared? Honestly,
1: it is. It's very practical.
0: Well, yeah.
1: Got gonna, like you right. Got
0: send
1: of. Them mm-hmm.
0: Right, because if we go much longer, then it's going to be dark, and what are we going to do then, right? So that's, that's some of the challenge there. What do you think though, is the when he says, you give them something to eat, um, so obviously we've kind of established the root of the dilemma. There's so many people. It's getting dinner time. Uh, you know, they don't have, they, don't, didn't, they didn't call the caterer ahead of time to get everything ready, right? Um, and so they're like, uh, okay, let's practically sit them. So why do you think, though, here, here's a why question for Delane. Why do you think that Jesus tells the disciples to give them something to eat? Yeah, go ahead.
3: Um, It makes me think of when he says that man should not live on bread alone, but the word of God. Okay. So it it's like he's saying like, yeah, sustenance is nice, but like much more than that is sustenance for the eternal life. So it's kind of like he's saying, um, you know, it's he's alluding to them spreading the word later on. That's what I think.
0: Okay. Potentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, totally disagree with that. Just so you know, <laughs> we were alone, no. See.
4: <laughs> I was going to say I was, I'm wondering if the they end up do feeding them, setting setting down in groups of fifty or a hundred. But I was going to say that uh, it's probably. Uh, they just came back previously of, of talking about all the miracles, all the things that happened uh, where demons or, and uh, the spiritual aspects that came under their authority and whatnot. And it might be just a, a Jesus expanding his uh, his uh, power of uh, so that they could see the Holy Spirit working in on and through them of something miraculous that there's nothing that he can't do by faith. Okay. And are they're, they're, they're receiving a, a gift, not just for the people, but for themselves to see the glory of who they're worshiping.
0: Okay. Connie?
3: Maybe he's telling the disciples to have faith and to look for him, for guidance. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, I think that because <laughs> their response <laughs> is still practical. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a practical moment of freak out. Like, uh, we don't even have enough money to even pay for all this i mean this is just ludicrous i mean they don't say that but i mean they're like "Ah." and so um i kind of think to connie's point and to steve's point and even to matt's point that (laughs) that uh that what jesus is doing is showing everyone's desperation for him to actually provide Um, we know obviously this is a physical provision but ultimately, we see it that, that it's also uh, pointing to a spiritual provision that he is going to provide for us. Uh, and we see it, we'll get in, in, uh, in our Sunday night thing with Matthew 6, we're not there yet, but where he talks about how the Gentiles seek where their clothing is, what they're going to eat, what they're going to wear, uh, but seek first the kingdom, and God will provide all these things. And so we seek Jesus first and all these natural things, every provision that we have, the money in your account, the roof over your head, the clothes on your back, the cars you drive, all of that is because God has seen fit to provide that for you. Uh, David at the end of his life said, "I have everything I have is from God's hand. Nothing have I gained. And you could look at David and say, man, you did a lot though. And he goes, yeah, but it wasn't me. It was God who did it. Because every time I think David say the things that, that uh, well the things that were me were um, I killed Uriah I lied about this <laughs> you know I think I think David say those were me but God all the, the stuff that I've gained all that is eternal value is from the Lord and so I think that, that what this does is it causes the disciples to look outside themselves there there's no way they're, they even I mean we do that right. We come up with a situation and we're like, this is impossible. This is impossible. We still try to figure out, even if I did this or maybe I tried this and you still find yourself falling short. And, and there's a reason for that. Because God didn't intend for our lives to be this hard, by the way. I mean, thank you, Adam and Eve. But anyway, (laughs) but He didn't intend, but He did intend for us to see His provision and His great care and His great love for us. So I don't know if anybody is willing to share, but we have a few minutes left. But when have you felt like God was asking you to do something that you did not have the ability to accomplish? And then how did God provide for you in that moment?
1: I think for us as a family, we, um, you know, he wanted us to move back to relocate here and we weren't seeing how it was possible to, to make that happen. And, you know, he, he guided us the whole way, um, a job, a, I mean, a moving company in, at Christmas time and... <laughs> A house that we purchased, you know, Mm -hmm. in three days. I mean, the whole thing, the whole process, it was God Mm -hmm. bringing us back here.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, God. Good example. Good example. Uh, Yeah. Um, I think we we find ourselves all throughout our Christian journey at, at these moments, these are just faith moments, right? He's he's always drawing us to have greater faith. And the reason we have faith is because something in our lives causes us to need to have faith. <laughs> because if we didn't need to have faith, we wouldn't have faith. But because, you, you know, I, I mean, I just think sometimes uh, for me personally, every week when I work on the on the sermon and then I sit there and I review it, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean... They're just words. They're just they're just you know things. It's like Lord, I, I have I do not have the ability to have any sort of um, eternal impact, but He does, and so I'm relying upon Him, which is great because it should take the pressure off me. Should <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, but it should. You know because I know that that um, God's the one that doing, doing the work. It's not me, Steve. of
4: oh, the Sometimes I, I have to laugh over there to myself over there. I, he gives desserts over there. And one of the desserts is Connie. Watching <laughs> her the last two years has just been a delight. It's just wow. been what I was just thinking over there before the COVID over there. Well, how does this happen and that? And that this doesn't make sense. And the COVID hits, she's just, I went through the whole Bible. She
0: still asks those questions. Not, Steve. Knew, That's a- how I knew you were feeling better. I got I got a I got a question about Deuteronomy twenty-eight. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Cody's feeling better. No. <laughs> but
4: that, that, they're just delights the of, of watching oh,
1: individuals yeah. But yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, you don't even want to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I forgot I was in the Old Testament.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh well, that that would be troublesome too. <laughs> Woo! No.
4: <laughs> but anyway, be, be, well, feel what, so,
0: sounds like I'm gonna mow with a lot a lot less faith now though because it doesn't gonna be as exciting no. So, uh, good stuff. So next week, still be here at nine unless you're a man. You need to get here sooner because we're gonna have a big feast. Uh, so um, no study, but great fellowship, and that way you'll be in somewhat of a. Uh, stupor, food, coma during the service. So No. <laughs> By
1: being here sooner, you mean 5-2? Talk to Mike. It's 8 o'clock.
3: See you around 8
0: Let's pray. Lord, thanks again for just the laughter and the joy that you give us. Thank you that you draw us to moments where... Um, over and over again to where we realize, Lord, we're desperate unless you work. And so thank you that you have provided so well. And Lord, we we could spend hours upon hours and days upon days recounting your faithfulness. And so we thank you for that. We thank you that you provide so greatly to all of us. So Lord, be with the rest of us today and those who are still arriving. May we just have a great uh, day of just enjoying you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.